Hey guys, hope you're all well. Hope you're having a good week. Welcome to Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to movie, TV, sports and gaming. I'm your host Kyle Duffy and in today's episode I want to get through a couple of things, so let's get into it. To start off the episode I want to give you a quick life update. The past week I mentioned in my last episode that I was going to go see Venom 2 in the cinemas. I went to go see it on the Sunday there in the cinema and I thought it was pretty good. The first half of the movie for me, I wasn't that interested, you know it felt like they were building to something in the second half so the first half was just kind of like revving up the engine and the second half was there the second half had a lot of action a lot of great scenes and a lot of funny scenes as well you know venom had a lot more lines in this movie had a lot bigger part to play and they gave him a bit more characteristics in this movie where in the first movie he was just a alien parasite who wanted nothing but to feed off eddie brock and live in his body but in the second movie venom 2 they have more of a a dynamic they are living with each other and they're trying to coexist together and it's very funny to see certain situations in the house when eddie's trying to make breakfast and just get on with his day and venom just wants to sing songs or go and eat people you know it's very funny those scenes were pretty good but like i said it does take a while to ramp up to the good bits in the movie and they take the first half of the movie to kind of give you exposition explain certain things and the second half of the movie it's all action it's all very much like get to the point here's a couple of jokes here's a couple of action scenes here's the main antagonist here's the big conflict what i'm trying to say is basically second half of the movie great first half of the movie not so great i'm actually planning on reviewing venom 2 let there be carnage along with parks and rec which is a tv show on my thursday segment tomorrow this week i started a new schedule for my segments i did my first live segment on wednesday last week and it went well at the start of it i kind of stumbled over my words but i got it back in the end and the rest of the review went fine but i decided i wanted to up my hours because i want to dedicate more of my week to radio and the longer i'm in that radio station and the more i'm in there the more i'll learn and the better it will be for me to get my foot in the door because this is what i want to do for a career and the more they see me the more they'll see that i'm passionate about the job you know i started this week on my new schedule i did i'm doing a tuesday and a thursday instead of the wednesday and also as well as that this saturday i'm starting my contribution to their sports segment their sports show i will be down the line putting my name in for a presenter role i mentioned in my previous episode i want to go in knowing as much as i can i don't want to go in half-assed and learn on the job because that's when i'll make mistakes and i'll feel shitty about myself so i'm trying to keep myself out of situations where i feel like total dog shit over the mistakes i make so i just want to do my due diligence with this start as a contributor and learn the controls and the panels and how to work them and then go into the presenter role because i'll be able to present no bother the talking isn't a problem for me it's just learning the remote controls and not the remote controls but the controls and the panels and all that kind of stuff so yeah i'm excited about that we're going to be talking premiership on saturday i'm really looking forward to that so i want to put my best foot forward so i'm going to sit down and watch the games friday and saturday obviously have my talking points i'm a big man united fan obviously i've expressed that in other episodes so I'll be talking from a point of view as a Man United fan at some stage as well. Give my opinion on the state of the club and stuff like that. Sports is one thing I wanted to expand out to when I first started in the work placement in CRC. And I had voiced that to Aiden, who I'm working with. And he said there was no problem. Like 
down the line you'll have plenty of chances to contribute to their shows so you're not just stuck with me and you'll be able to build connections that way as well so it's great again like i mentioned everyone in the radio station that i'm at has been so sound and the atmosphere in general whenever i talk to anyone involved in radio i just feel at ease with them and that's one of the big things that has helped me feel encouraged that i've made the right decision in changing careers i never felt that in social care i had a passion for social care obviously i stayed in there for a while i did my degree in it but it wasn't something that i felt at ease at ever in the job i always felt very under pressure i was always so critical of myself and that led to me making mistakes in the job as well not really bad mistakes but just small little mistakes here and there and when you're super critical of yourself and you're unsure of whether you belong in a job or not small mistakes can play on your mind a lot and stay in your headspace for full weeks at a time and it did in that case in my case i was thinking about small mistakes i made for weeks on end and even though i knew the people around me that i was working with had like said okay it's not a big deal your grand sound will just move on i never got the vibe that i was a vibe who am i i never got the feeling that i was in the area i was supposed to be in but with radio i'm feeling that at the moment i'm feeling like i'm supposed to be in this job and it's a great feeling to have to be honest you know it's the reassurance that i made the right choice changing careers because i put a lot of pressure on myself to stay in social care i mentioned some previous episodes as well that i was guilting myself to stay in this area because i had spent so long getting a degree in it but one thing someone said to me i think it was my mom said to me that education is education no matter where you where you go so even if i end up not pursuing social care no matter who i interview for next whether it's you know crc or if it's a bigger radio station or if it's you know someone else they'll say okay this guy has taken time to go to college get a degree in this so he is a hard worker so even though social care might not be the area i end up in education is always valued no matter where you go what else is going on with me well one thing i want to do in the next maybe week or so is go up to galway i have a voucher for a tattoo and i want to get another tattoo i don't know i probably haven't mentioned my tattoos in this podcast already but yeah i have a full i almost have a full sleeve of tattoos i started couple of years ago i think it was three years ago got my first tattoo and since then i've just been adding to every space on my arm that i can i've got my basically my full forearm done and there's just one space just before my wrist that i want to fill up normally i get when i sit down to get tattoos i get big tattoos because i think okay i want to fill up my far my forearm my right arm I'm trying to fill it up with tattoos. It's not one cohesive sleeve, but it's like small, not small parts, but it's one big tattoo here, another big tattoo here. And even though it's not a full connected sleeve, it does have a team. Like, so I'm going for my right arm, I'm going for like nature and animals. And then for my left arm, I want to go for kind of space and the galaxies. And I want to do my right leg for movies and TV shows I love. And my left leg for movies and tv shows i love as well so like quotes and then like characters as well there's one space here just before my wrist on my right arm and i want to get like a little podcast mic just to commemorate and not commemorate what's the right word just to kind of mark my new career and 
my new stage in life because I feel like I've turned the corner with changing my careers. Like it's just improved all aspects of my life right now. It was the one thing I needed to do and switch up to kind of switch gears. I felt like with lockdown, it really got to me. And I'm sure it got to everyone. I'm not alone in that. But I had this sadness. Sounds so melodramatic. But it's the only way I can kind of explain it. I had the sadness that I was kind of able to mask with my career. Not knowing what I wanted to do. And most times when I thought about it, I'd be like, oh, it's grand. Like something will pop up. I'll I'll keep on going for jobs. And the job since never worked out. After every job since, I'd be like, oh, God, okay. Well, no, I'll focus on college. I'll go back and do my postgrad. That's sound. I'll focus on my volunteering to keep me passionate about it. And I did that and that worked for a while. But then after my last career stint, just before, I think it was in 2019, it finished up in December 2019 and it was just, okay, I don't want to work in this area. It wasn't even just like, oh, I'm not good enough. It was like, I don't want to work in this area. So now I had the problem of, oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And then that was really bogging me down. And then I felt worthless at times because I was like, you know, my partner, Leanne, she knows what she wants she's so decisive she actually left her career in hairdressing and she's in social care now and she's great at it she's way better than i would ever be and she's i think she's made for that job and seeing her doing a job that i know she's good at and i know that she is natural at just got me thinking of of my own career path and what i could be natural at i think a lot of people have let me know if you've had this kind of talk with yourself and this whole dilemma of am i in the best career choice i can be let me know you can always leave me a message on my anchor fm i'd love to know your opinion on this topic because it is a topic that i had gone through and it is a conversation i had to have myself and with my partner leanne my girlfriend leanne at some stages as well she's been great at motivating me to get through things and motivate me to stay on course you know the whole idea of going for career guidance counseling you know she just got said to me in the car one day you know maybe you should just do career guidance counseling and i'm very much like i'll say oh yeah 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 and i put things off leanne is very good at keeping me on track and i think everyone needs someone like that in their life because i do get aimless sometimes like i said and i get lazy as well so she actually just put the phone in my hand and said listen call them and she made sure to stay there until i did it i like i'm very lucky to have her keeping me on course and now that I know what I'm passionate about, I can stay on course myself, which is great. You know, there's a difference between me and social care and me and radio. I just have that extra drive for it. I have that extra motivation to get up and do something and keep my skills at the level I want them at so I can make sure that I get the job I want and work towards the career I want. So that's why I want to get this tattoo of the podcast, Mike, just to keep me in that mindset of, yes, you're in the right area, you're on the right track, you're doing something you're passionate for, so keep going with it. So that's why I'm getting that tattoo. Like I said, I have plenty of other tattoos on my arm and I'm planning on getting sleeves on both my other arm and my legs i remember when i first started getting tattoos actually there had to be a meaning behind every single one and i think that's every tattoo enthusiast when they start off yeah this tattoo has to mean something or else it's useless but if you're in the middle of getting a sleeve and you're complicating things and you're thinking oh i really want to get this tattoo but you know there's no significance behind it in my mind and it doesn't mean that much to me i've learned that 
a tattoo can just look good on your body. It doesn't have to have a story behind it. It can remind you of something. You know, like I said, the podcast mic reminds me of my career and is a signifier that I'm on the right track. I have a moon on my arm as well for my siblings, my two sisters. I have a bear on my upper arm for my dad and I have other tattoos. I have a big cave on my arm as well from a philosophy lesson that I learned in college. But the tattoos I'm planning to get on my left arm will have no significance at all. And I just think even though I'm still planning tattoos out, I'm not putting a big emphasis on this has to mean something, this has to signify something, this has to stand for something, you know? So, like I said, if you're planning your tattoo sleeve or planning on getting your first tattoo, go for something that you love the look of, first of all, because it's on your body for life. And if you don't like the look of it, then you're not going to like the look of it when it's on your body either. So, first off, go for something you like the look of. If you're getting a, if you're getting a tattoo at any time in your life, you're going to remember that time anyway. So, you might be going through a bad breakup, you might be going through a nice time in your life, a bad time, the tattoo will have significance anyway because it's either your first tattoo, you know, you might be getting a tattoo with your significant other or you might be getting a tattoo with your best friend, something. A tattoo would always have significance because people always put significance on things anyway and give it meaning anyway, even if it's not a tattoo that describes anything anything significant or anything like that. So yeah, that would be my advice as a person with tattoos to a person who maybe is thinking of getting one just go for something that looks good first because you have to live with it on your body and if you don't like the look of it you'll never like the look of it and then the significance and the importance in your mind of the tattoo will follow after again like i said when i first started getting my tattoos everything had to have meaning and a story behind it but after a while you start to see your tattoos come together and you start to get ideas of what the rest of your arm must look like What's the rest, what the rest of your chest one you want to look like and you start to put teams together you know I started off my tattoos and I got a my first tattoo was a Latin phrase and that's what I want to say as well do your research behind your tattoos especially if you're getting phrases or sayings that are in a different language I did three weeks of research on this phrase to make sure that it translated exactly to what I thought it would because no one likes rocking up to a party and someone being like, oh, I like your tattoo, what does it mean? And you saying, oh, it means hope in Spanish. But really it means chicken wing, you know? <laughs> so do your research. But anyway, like I was saying, that was my first tattoo, a Latin phrase. And I did my research on that. But after that, I got a cave and then a moon, you know? So I saw a pattern start to play before me. And I thought, okay, I've got a cave and a moon. I might as well make the rest of my arm forestry and nature and animals. Because that, that all matches up as a team. That was pretty cool. Like I liked going in to each tattoo knowing that I was setting everything up to look a certain way. And adding to a team that was going to look perfect in the end to me. So that would be my biggest piece of advice in getting tattoos. Do your research, especially into the tattoo artists you want. I researched tattoo artists I wanted up in Galway. I went with Victor's in Air Square and they haven't let me down since. They actually redid one of my first tattoos, the cave, and put way more definition into it and it actually looks like a cave now, whereas before people would look at it and they didn't know what it was because, to be honest, Casabar did a pretty shoddy job. I would just say do your research 
behind the tattoos and what they mean what kind of style you want and what kind of tattoo artist you want plenty of tattoo artists would have instagrams up they put up daily pictures of the, the tattoos they do so you have a good point of reference of their style and their talent as well as that obviously go for a tattoo that looks good to you that you like the style of because it's on your body you have to be happy with it for first and foremost who cares if anyone else thinks it's cool or good looking you need to like the look of it so go with something that you feel is right for you i'd love to hear your thoughts up on anchor fm you can always leave me a voice message on this episode let me know what kind of tattoos you have if you have any if you're thinking about getting some what kind of tattoos are you thinking of getting as always i'd love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on this so let me know up on anchor fm what you think i want to talk a bit about football today and patrick Vieira's return to arsenal he managed to pull off a two-all draw against arsenal against Mikel arteta and to be honest Crystal Palace should have won because they looked so dangerous. They looked like they had a real plan of attack under Vieira against Arsenal. And Arsenal really pulled it out of the bag. They went 2-0 down. They went 2-0 down to Crystal Palace. And to be honest, I think the writing on is on the wall for both Skullshar and Mikel Arteta. Arteta really can't have much time left with results like this. He's just relying on two players in particular. He's relying on Lacazette and Aubameyang to pull them out of every bad situation. And that's not a plan. It's a backup plan. So he's going in with a backup plan and a Hail Mary every time. And I just don't think it's good enough for Arsenal. And like I said, I've made my thoughts and my opinions clear on Man United as well. So I think both those clubs need to really seriously evaluate why they're keeping those managers in charge because they're getting nowhere. And again, like I said, they're both managers who have played for the club in the past. Obviously, Skullshire will have a bit more significance than Man United. I don't think Mikel Arteta has that much fond memories in players' minds. He was at Everton, you know. He was... I don't know how long he was at Arsenal, actually. So, I don't know... Whether it's he was an ex-player, so let's give him a bit of time. He's a nice guy. He has a way with the players. I don't know what's keeping him in that job, but it's not the results anyway. So God knows what's going to happen. But I feel like Arsenal are going to be the same as Man United. They're going to keep him in the job as long as humanly possible. Because shirts are being sold. They're making money off it still. So I don't know. I just feel like Arsenal and Man United are going the same way. of like The, ch- the chairman and the board don't care about us winning trophies they care about oh are we a top four team cool yeah are we still selling shirts yeah sound merchandise selling cool yeah keep them in charge who cares that's my kind of thoughts on it and the writing on the wa- has been on the wall for arsenal for a while i still don't know why they still have them in charge speaking of managers steve bruce has been sacked by newcastle it was coming he played his he didn't play he managed his 1000 game in charge uh the last day against tottenham his 1000 game as a manager and he lost 3-2 against tottenham they kind of came out the gate gate screaming callum wilson got a great goal to start off the game and the crowd were going insane i think they all thought new chapter this is a new chapter for us but slowly but surely tottenham broke them down kane with a great goal and yeah tottenham just came back with vengeance really i think they feel under pressure as well they're 10th at the moment i don't think they want to slip down out of 10th place they want to 
climb up the leaderboard now. But the main thing is that Bruce has been sacked and I think the fans will see this as a good thing. They'll see it as the new owners setting out their ambitions. I saw on Sky Sports they were reporting that the favourite to replace Bruce in the job is Paolo Fonseca, the ex-Roma manager. So that's a bit, of, bit more class being brought to Newcastle, maybe a bit more experience with winning trophies. So who knows what the future holds for them. But they're kind of getting rid of all the old reminders of Mike Ashley's reign. Obviously Mike Ashley hired Steve Bruce before he sold the club. And he was the last reminder really of the Mike Ashley era. So the fans must be happy that the owners are setting out their philosophies and setting out their ambitions in terms of restructuring the club rebuilding them and reshaping them in a way that hopefully gets them trophies down the line. Just thinking about the buzz that must be in Newcastle right now, I was watching True Jordy on the kickoff and they were kind of debating, you know, how long would it be before we actually won a trophy at Newcastle with this new regime under us, with this money? And some people at the table were saying, you know, 10 years. Others were saying, you know, they'll definitely get an FA Cup in the next five. But who knows what's going to happen? You know, it's all up to the owners now and the people put in charge to make sure that the money is invested properly, like I said, because they don't want to waste this opportunity and reinvest in the wrong places. But like I said, the buzz around Newcastle must be absolutely amazing. I saw True Geordie was saying even when he gets into taxis now, there's a different air about the place and there's more hope. And to be honest, that's all Newcastle fans wanted. True Jordy was saying this on his podcast. He, as a Newcastle fan, just wants to know that the club has been looked after. And they were talking about loads of fans tweeting that St. James's Park has been cleaned up for the first time in ages. And they're actually doing upkeep on the stadium. That's what they're happy about. They're happy that their club has been looked after by someone who wants to look after it. And I think they had such a bad taste in their mouth from Mike Ashley being there and running that club the way he did that having new faces in that want to treat this club with the respect it deserves in all areas, the stadium, the facilities, the managers, the staff, the players, the position in the table, it is such a relief to Newcastle fans. I'd love to hear your opinion up on Anchor FM. Let me know who you think should take over as manager. Who would you like to see in the job if you're a Newcastle fan? And if you're a neutral, who do you think will most likely get the job? Like I said, you can always leave me a voice message up on the episode. Bring the football talk to a close. I'd like to mention Liverpool's win against Atletico Madrid last night. They got a great 3-2 win. Great goals from Naby Keita and Mo Salah. In the first 12 minutes of the game, actually, they went 2-0 up in 12 minutes, which is great form for them. Mo Salah is just on fire right now. And they were 2-0 up until half time, And then the second half... Atletico Madrid came out the gates, they scored two good goals, Antoine Griezmann getting on the score sheet, but disaster struck as Griezmann got a red card for a high kick, and eventually, near the end of the game, I think it was on the 76th minute, Atletico conceded a penalty, Mo Salah obviously slotted that away, he is great on the penalty spot, and it ended up 3-2 to Liverpool, that's a great win for them, and I saw at the end of the game, Simone refused to shake Klopp's hand, which I don't get because Klopp is probably one of the nicest managers in football. He's not a manager to cause rifts or hold grudges or anything like that. Was there something that happened in the game with the managers on the sideline? Did Diego Simone have a bad reaction to something during the game? I know Simone is a very passionate manager and he is very animated and he does 
flare up sometimes. I don't know if that happened in the game. Like I said, I caught the highlights of it. So I didn't get everything that happened. But if you know what that's about, if you saw something that I didn't, please let me know up on Anchor FM what that's about because I have no clue. That's all the football talk for this week. Like I said, I will be going into CRC on Saturday and I will be watching the Friday and Saturday game to prepare for that because I'll be reviewing those games in there on that show really looking forward to that like i said i'd like to move on now and talk a bit about gaming like i mentioned previously in my last episode i had a birthday voucher for gamestop i went in and bought four different games and i'm replaying two games at the moment in far cry primal and red dead 2. i still haven't managed to play the new games that i bought i said in my last episode that i was replaying far cry primal and red dead 2 and i normally like to do one game at a time but to be honest i'm replaying far cry primal at the moment and i forgot how tedious it can be doing the side missions and the story missions sometimes so i think today i'm gonna break up in one of the new games maybe ghost of tsushima or detroit human and get into one of those games and i'll probably review it and talk about it in my next episode but yeah i'm really excited to bust open those new games and play them especially ghost of tsushima and what was the other one um far cry 6 Far Cry 6, can't wait to play that. So I'll talk about those games a bit more on my next episode. Again, like I said, I haven't been hearing great things about FIFA 22. And I'm so glad I didn't jump the gun this year and buy it. Because that would have been 80 euro flush down the toilet. To be honest, I don't know why they don't improve on those games. I saw something online around the thing was maybe yesterday or the day before. Saying that maybe EA aren't going to make a new FIFA and FIFA is going to be discontinued. Or that EA aren't going to make it and they'll try and get a new production company a new gaming company to get in and make FIFA because they need something to change with that game production because it's the same thing each year and it was grand a couple of years ago when there was loads of activity online and online gaming with FIFA you know and people were spending money on buying players online and stuff like that but past few years They've been nothing to improve that game. I know I've been a broken record with this, but as someone who's played the game since he was like 10, I've been playing that game since I was a young lad, and it was just nice to see them improve on a game you love, you know? Imagine if they keep on bringing out the same game every year, every year, and it's all right with a sports game like that because there's not a whole lot you can change with the mechanics of the game. You know, the gameplay is essentially the same because football is still played like that, but even to bring in like they had a chance to do something with the journey and they didn't do it kind of just smack something together it could have been really great but they didn't invest the money or time in that either they kind of just half-assed it and threw it into the next game and said oh yeah that'll keep them quiet for a while like i mentioned before it kept them quiet for kept fans quiet for maybe a couple of months and then they started harping on about gameplay again so just give the fans what they want and improve your game overall instead of just adding small mechanics to kind of hoodwink us into thinking it's a better game that's my little rant on fifa done before i get into what movies and tv shows i've been watching this week i wanted to talk a bit about squid game and netflix its performance across the world on netflix has been astounding it's on track to become one of the more watched and one of the most watched netflix series ever and one of the more successful ones it's number one across netflix in many countries and it was only this week that was knocked off its number one spot by the tv show you been a year watched that i talked about it a bit in my last episode i said i was on track to finish up season two i finished up season two i think maybe two weeks ago 
because I knew that season three was coming out, and you has have actually overtaken Squid Game as the number one spot in Ireland. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but Squid Game is number two in Ireland now instead of number one. And I read in an article, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that Squid Game and its performance on Netflix has actually caused a mass amount of subscriptions to Netflix in the past couple of weeks. And Netflix as a company is on track to double their subscription amount by the end of the year due to the popularity of the TV show. It's mad to think that the guy who wrote Squid Game wrote it 10 years ago and got rejected for 10 years from loads of different studios and it's only this year that I got it picked up and once he got his foot in the door and got Netflix to take it on it blew up it's amazing what happens but that guy must be absolutely over the moon that his content and his TV show has finally been made and that so many people are receptive to it and find it entertaining to watch it must be a great feeling to have those studios have to be kicking themselves now after rejecting that script all those years ago especially after getting such mainstream coverage on Netflix and its popularity has skyrocketed. I don't know if any of you follow Mr. Beast, massive YouTuber. He said he wanted to do a Squid Game over in America. He put out a TikTok, I think two weeks ago, saying if it gets a 10 million likes, he would start a Squid Game in America. And it's actually surpassed that. It's at 14 million now. So it's mad to think. Imagine having a real-life Squid Game in like each country in the world. That'd be fucking insane. On to what I've been watching this week. I am thinking about re-watching The Lighthouse. It's a movie up on Netflix. It was up on Now TV, but it's up on Netflix now to view. It stars Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Any of you have watched it, you'll know how insane a movie it is. And if you have watched it, leave me a voice message up on Anchor FM. Let me know what you thought of it. But anyone who hasn't seen it, let's give you a short description. Two men get hired to look after a lighthouse and they just go batshit crazy it's shot in black and white it's old english times it's kind of like old england and william defoe is just excellent in it the amount of monologues he has in this movie and it's they're speaking in old english so it's all ye scurvy dog all that kind of stuff and william defoe just it's such a great performance from him Robert Pattinson is great as well. I think everyone is back on the Robert Pattinson train now. Ever since they realised that he is going to pull off a great Batman movie. I think it was uh, very popular to shit on Robert Pattinson there for a while. Obviously because of his role in Twilight. But he's proven to be a great actor since then. And his role in The Lighthouse is amazing too. The two of them just work so well off each other. And it's such a gritty, psychologically disturbing movie at times. It might be a good shout for a Halloween movie if you want to watch it. Another great shout for movie night is Good Time. That's another Robert Pattinson movie. I don't know how old it is. I think it's a couple of years old. But it is such a good suspense thriller. Robert Pattinson plays a really gritty character in that. The acting is excellent in the movie. There's times where you're laughing. Times where you're crying. Robert Pattinson does a great job at putting in different levels of emotion in his performance. And there's times when you hate him, times when you love him. But overall, great movie to watch. So give it a watch if you haven't already. I don't know which streaming platform it'll be up on. Maybe Netflix, possibly now TV. Try and find it. It's called Good Time. I would definitely recommend it. Other TV shows I've been watching this week. I kind of want to start watching Sex Education. It's been recommended to me a couple of times by a few of my friends. But my friend living over in London said he started watching it there the last day. And we normally like have... A phone call every now and then and we normally talk tv shows all the time it's kind of like what are you watching what am i watching that kind of thing and we really like true crime so we kind of recommend true crime shows to each other 
but he mentioned he was watching Sex Education and said I should give it a go. So I might get into that. It is trending on Netflix right now. I think it's number three on Netflix in Ireland right now. So I might give it a go. I was in the cinema the last day watching Venom 2 and the trailer for Dune came on. And I think I might go see Dune when it comes out. It looks interesting. There's a good few actors in there that are very talented like Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin. Great cast, so I might give it a watch when it comes out in cinemas. I also want to recommend a documentary for you to watch if you haven't already called Wild Wild Country. Let's give a quick synopsis in case you haven't heard of it. There's six episodes up on Netflix. It was released in 2018. It has an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It focuses around a controversial guru who plans to build a utopian city within an American city called Antel. And the locals of Antel, this town, which is kind of like a country town, the locals basically just turn on this cult as they see it and start to demonize them and it becomes a rivalry between the people in the cult and the people in the town and things get very hostile from there so it's kind of like a cat and mouse game at times between the people of the town and the people in the cult so yeah give it a watch if you haven't already there's twists and turns in this documentary that we never saw coming i watched it with leanne i think over the space of two nights each episode is very long so i would recommend picking this documentary to watch on a night that you have nothing else to do or maybe watching it over several nights like i did with leanne i would definitely recommend it they go through a number of years in the cult the documentary does a great job of covering all angles of this story it has interviews from the people who were living in the town until at the time and people who were in the cult at the time as well so it it doesn't play one side it has both angles of the story and it lets you decide who you think was right or wrong in the situation and lets you decide for yourself and gives you all the information you need to decide for yourself so i would definitely recommend watching this documentary when you have a night free if you have nothing to watch or you're looking for a new documentary i would definitely recommend it wild wild country up on netflix this is where I'm going to end today's episode. I hope you're all enjoying the longer episodes I'm putting out. I'm certainly enjoying making them. I love the fact that I'm able to get through loads of different things that I love talking about. You know, I love talking about sports and gaming as well as movie and TV. So I love that I'm able to cover all of these in my episodes now. Let me know what you think about the longer episodes. I hope you're enjoying them. As always, you can find my podcast, Finding Yourself, up on Anchor FM and Spotify. I also have a YouTube channel you can subscribe to, the Finding Yourself podcast, where I post up highlights from each episode and updates on the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. This has been Finding Yourself with Kyle Duffy. Thanks for listening.